for joining us at Merit Matters, a virtual series highlighting current events, industry experts, and local community engagement. I'm your host, Tammy Brooklyn, Principal of Merit Construction. And today I have invited Lenzarelli back for our Challenge Accepted series to finish up our condensed version of our attitude towards challenges and how Merit has overcome them throughout the years. Thank you so much for joining me today, Len. Before we go into get to know you questions, I want to ask you something. Um, how do you maintain a positive attitude about challenges in your work, but in your life as well as fine? And then how do you spread that encouragement to others? Because I think as leaders, that can be one of the most challenging things. Here we are, we're going through a difficult time. Say we're going through COVID, for instance. Um, and I had you, I could call and talk to, but then when you turn the other way and your, your staff are in front of you, you need to be positive. You need to be encouraging. You need to tell them everything's going to be okay. What were your tricks and tips to make that happen? Well, I, I guess I, I will, and I, and I've done this with, you know, a lot of people and including you. Let's say Tammy comes into my office and she's, she's got an issue. She's got a problem. You need to break down the problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. Start at the bottom and work your way up. You know, have you looked at this? Have you done X, Y, or Z? Uh, I think when you break down the issue, it's solvable. I mean, you, you may come up to a solution that you don't really like. <laughs> um, that's not you know, necessarily palatable, but after you've looked at all the possible scenarios, you have confidence that you've made the right decision. And I think having that confidence that you make the made the right decision relieves that stress that you had. Then you know you can go forward. Well, and while it's not always, you know, necessarily the best scenario, it should always be the best one available or the, the best overall solution uh, for the benefit of the company. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think I think breaking down, always break down the issue into little pieces. I had a instructor years ago who told me that um, uh, a building is no more complicated than its smallest detail. And when you look at each detail, and you can put those all together, um, then you can come up with your solution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's that's so good to just not get overwhelmed with what's happening. And I, I would agree, I mean, I that's exactly what you've always done. And sometimes I've had to leave and go get more details because you wanna break it down at a level that I'm very big picture and not um, not necessarily having the technical aspect. I don't have all the answers that you're looking for in order to help me solve the problem. But even going back and doing the discovery that you ask of me, go back out and you know get this information. It helps you when you inform yourself yeah. uh, and then you have broken it down into the little pieces and you add it all back up. Now you understand it. And oftentimes you, you probably have experienced people solve their own problems yeah. just by you simply asking them to yes. break it down and asking them questions. Yeah. And they, and they can formulate their own answer by yeah. going through all that. 
and they learn so much more that way. I mean, yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, and um, hopefully that uh, problem-solving effort provides the uh, the path for them to solve the next problem. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's tool. It's like a tool for your tool bag, and yeah. once you kind of learned that skill. Um, it's something that you use again and again. No question. What message or piece of advice would you give others that are facing challenges in the construction industry today? And I, I say today just because I think sometimes wherever people are in, in their career, they feel like this is the most challenging thing that's ever happened. But I know when I look back, even in the time that we've been together, I can see difficult times we've been through and come out the other side, like the recession. Certainly, um, COVID has been incredibly challenging, but I know we'll overcome that as well and we'll be on the other side of it and look back. And, you know, honestly, after the recession and COVID, I feel like I'm not sure what else could happen. We, we should, yeah, I, I should test that. You're right. Um, so, so what, what would you, what would you say to people that are just like feeling incredibly challenged at this point within the construction industry or any industry for that matter? Well, um, I think it's easy to let, um, those outside influences, um, make you come to decisions that aren't necessarily in the best interest of you or your company in the long uh, long term. And I think a lot of that has to deal with emotions that you go through, whether it's, you know, outside influences like COVID or whether it's issues that you deal with uh, with personnel in the company or in, in our case, say with a subcontractor or a supplier that you can't get to perform. You have to separate the emotional part of it and deal with just the facts uh, and the issues that you know will be in the best interest of the company. And sometimes you have to make decisions that aren't really palatable um, that you wouldn't necessarily make under ordinary circumstances. But under extraordinary circumstances, you have to do things that you may not really like, um, but those are the decisions you have to make as a, a company owner and as a leader in the best interest of the company for its future operations. Yeah. And we've definitely seen those things that come that are painful and it doesn't, it doesn't feel right even at times because it feels like it's going against some sort of, you know, part of the value system of you individually. But as an owner, when you have people that are depending on you and counting on you, it's your responsibility yeah. to separate and remove the emotion and look at it from a very logical, practical perspective. And exactly what you said, it's not just about what's best for the company today. It's about what's best for the future of the company. Yeah. Yeah. And when you break it down like that and you look at the, the people that are depending on you, to make the right decision so that the company carries on and is successful, it, it leaves you no choice. And yeah. like I said, it, it, it might not be 
palatable. You you might feel like in a like a dark you. place for a while and you don't like it, but yeah. but it it is what you have to do. Yeah, yeah. It, it, sometimes you feel like you've um, maybe abandoned your um, your principles to a degree, and you don't want to do something that you know um, is a complete abandonment of everything you stand for. And there are times when you just have to say, you know, this is this is what I have to do. This is the in the best interest of the company. Uh, it 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 may completely adhere to your principles, and in some cases, it may not. But um, it's it's a it's one of those decisions that you have to make at the time, given the circumstances. Yeah, and and so I guess. What I would say with that is be courageous. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, do do what you have to do, not not because it's going to be easy, but because it's the right thing and it's the right thing for every one of your employees and it's the right thing for the longevity of the company. Not always fun, but necessary. Yeah. If you think about other people's challenges, things you've seen come up over the years, um, is there anybody or any situation in particular that you would say, hey, I really admired the way that they handled challenges. Yeah, there are you know a number of people and um, there's one that comes to mind. This may be kind of off the wall. We have to go back 40 years, okay? <laughs> All right, I'm picturing it. I'm a little young, but I'm picturing it. <laughs> okay, Ronald Reagan. Mm, excellent. He fired air traffic controllers because they went on strike. Now, can you imagine somebody doing that today in that in that position? No, I can't either. Yeah. Here was a situation um, and I don't want to get too far off track, but I guess what I'm talking about is the principle of the thing here. Um, here was a situation where the air traffic controllers endorsed Reagan for election in the election in lieu of Jimmy Carter. Okay, so we all know that typically unions don't endorse right. conservative candidates. In this particular case, they did. Um, I think when they decided to go on strike, I think it was 1981. I think what they thought was they were going to get consideration from Reagan because mm, they had because, them. because they had endorsed them. And um, as federal employees, it was illegal for them to go on strike, but they went ahead and did it anyway. I think out of the, I don't know, 13, 15,000 of them, there were only less than a thousand of them that decided they were gonna stay on the job. So the rest of them, he fired. And you know, when I think about that, and I think about what goes on today and the cancel culture and all this stuff, when people take a stand and then the next day, they retreat, yeah, because because they're getting pressure. Um, I admire those people who, who take that stand and maintain their stand and can and can substantiate why they took the stand and why they're not going to retreat. I think you know those are the kinds of things that that I admire. And I'm, you know there are. Obviously, there are people that take a stand I don't agree with, but at least they're strong in their convictions and they don't back down. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I definitely admire that in people as well. They don't care so much about what everyone else thinks. Yeah. Yeah, that they're more, they're grounded in their value yeah. system. Yeah, and they have, and they have a reason to, um, to believe um, and a reason to stand for what they believe. Mm -hmm. Well, they've done the hard work to form their own opinions. Yeah. They've done, they've, they've researched things. And I think that's one thing that happens with the cancel culture and everything. People are running around going in different directions and they don't even know what's real. They just believe everything they see on social yeah. media and yeah. don't do the hard work of investigating yeah. so that they can form their own opinions. Yeah. Wanted to talk about a specific challenge, a merit challenge that we've overcome together. I, I know we've had some personnel issues over the years that we've had to deal with. I think maybe those were the most um, challenging things that you and I had discussed. I think, you know, you in most cases made those decisions on your own um, after some discussion with me. And uh, I think for the most part, um, I've always agreed with the conclusion you came to. Uh, I don't know that I know that we've you know we've had challenges on projects um, with owners, and um, for the most part, I think we've been able to work through those. I think it's probably the most challenging uh, aspects of of the uh, industry. Well, of any of any bit of business, I guess would be dealing with people. Mm -hmm. Well, I think in particular, probably if, if we go down that road, I feel like the most challenging thing that, that we went through is when we were making a shift and we made a conscious like decision. We were, okay, it's going to be, um, I'm going to be an owner and some people made it a yeah. decision based on that, that they, they didn't want to stay and be part of merit. And so we ended up losing, um, three or four people at the same time. Um, I think it was intended to have the most impact possible, um, on merit as a result of them being frustrated. And it was, it was a very challenging time, very difficult. And I questioned myself, um, as whether or not I was going to, you know, be a good leader if these people didn't want to stay on because I was going to be um, having authority. And, you know, I think it, as far as like overcoming something together, I think what that and any other situation that we've had to deal with, it's just been the fact that we had very open, transparent communication that I could come in and talk about anything. And, and I feel bad for people who don't have someone that they can share that with because being a business owner on your own by yourself and being the sole person responsible for staff and everything else, it's a tremendous weight. Yeah. Um, and so I would say the the challenges, the, the biggest challenges without a doubt have always been staff related um, because people, people are complex and there's a lot to, to deal with there. Um, and I've just, I think it's, I've just been really grateful that I've had you there to talk to um, 
just sometimes to prop me back up, like send me back out, but prop me up because I was, I was sort of crawled in, you know? And, um, I think that's what, what has made it all okay for me are the, are the days when I was like, I think I'm done. And you were like, go home. Get in there. It's hard. What we do. It's going to be okay. Um, yeah, just super grateful for, for that. And the time that, that you've just listened or the time you, you know, told me a story that put things in perspective for me. I mean, I think that's, that's been the things we've, um, those have been the tools that we've used to overcome challenges. It's just been, you know, the, um, the relationship that, that we have and bouncing ideas off each other. And mostly I'm always bouncing them off you. I have yet to ever be have you be wrong in a situation also i would like to have that happen maybe one time so i'm looking <laughs> forward to that it's Dar it's darcy's been 14 waiting. years darcy's waiting for that too <laughs> i bet she is <laughs> well i i guess and i want to say that um i think that you've done a great job of putting together a good team of people <clears throat> who are competent and, you know, as we all know, um, they always need direction and training. Um, but I think that uh, the group of people that uh, that you have in place has the confidence in you now that, um, you know, some of the others that we had in the past maybe didn't have the confidence. Um, and I think maybe that uh, some of those people that you were talking about um, I don't know what they expected. Maybe that I would that I would live forever and keep you know keep managing the company. And I'm not sure that they thought I was doing such a great job either. But um, you have to you have to have you have to have the confidence in the people that are working under you, and you know they have to have that same confidence in you. And I think you know you're fair and uh, they know what to expect from you. And I think that's one of the biggest things is uh, consistency. You have to be consistent as a, as a leader. Uh, they have to know uh, what to expect from you. They have to know what you expect. When they go to, to a job or when they deal with an owner, they need to keep in mind um, the principles of, of the company and they need to keep in mind uh, what it is that they know you would do in a situation uh, that you're faced with and make those decisions. Obviously, you know, they're going to have to come back to you for, for answers in some cases, but I think the longer uh, they're involved um, in the company and know the, the strategy and the culture of the company, they'll be able to make those decisions with hopefully uh, less work on your part and just you know, general oversight instead. Yeah. You're looking forward to those days. Too, <laughs> I definitely am, especially the last couple of years. I'm just like, I don't, I don't know if I have any capacity left to make another decision. <laughs> so now we have some questions, just a couple questions that are more personal, like just fun, get to know you questions. What do you like to do in your free time? What are you spending free time on right now? Golf. Excellent. 
Are you any good at golf? Well, I'm getting better, but it depends on the day. <laughs> some days I think I am, and some days I think not, but I've been getting out uh, about once a week, so that's helped. I've, got, I've, I've been able to get out with a group of guys that I've, some of them I've known for years. Um, so it's fun. The camaraderie is fun. Um, the competition is fun. And um, I'm enjoying that. Excellent. Um, I, we, we've talked before about this, but I always find this fascinating that um, we have some people, you're talking about your camaraderie and some, some of the guys you're working with or golfing with. Uh, we have a few subs and you can throw their names out there, but how long we've worked together. I think that's so interesting and I'm really excited at, at some point in the future to get um, you on here with a couple of them talking about the relationship over the years, um, having worked together since the beginning, you know, since, well, 1957, that some of those people were on the very first project. And I know you probably are golfing with at least one of those guys, I'm guessing. Uh, no. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought no. maybe you were golfing with Steve. Steve doesn't play golf. What? No. He's uh, at least not on a regular basis. He might get out every once in a while. His, his son does. Don plays golf. But the guys that yeah. I've been golf, some of the guys that I've been golfing with are uh, guys that I went to high school with. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love that. So you you all pretty much look the same as high school? As, as we did in high school? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Parts of our bodies look the same. <laughs> Um, what's a topic for you that you could talk about like endlessly, something that you really enjoy speaking on? Um, uh, well, I would say politics, not necessarily um, that, not necessarily that I enjoy it all the time, but, but it is something I could probably talk about for a long time. Um, do you have, Ooh, how about, um, name your two favorite bands? Oh, well, we all know what number one is. Yes. Well, all of us might not, but I do. <laughs> okay. The band, you know, I, it's, I, I, um, I was at the grocery store here a couple weeks ago and I had my, um, last waltz t-shirt on. Oh, uh-huh. And the checker said, what's the last waltz? And I said, oh, it's a, it's a um, film, it's a documentary, uh, a concert, a concert. And she said, oh, well, who, who was in it? And I said, the band. She goes, what band? I said, no, <laughs> the band. <laughs> it's like, it was on the I said, check it out. You get, you know, check out Amazon or Netflix or whatever. You can, you can probably find the last waltz. And, um, so that would be my, that's obviously my number one, uh, favorite number two. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of number twos, you know, who I've really been listening to a lot lately, 10,000 maniacs. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that surprises me. They're, uh, they're, they're older stuff. 10,000 yeah. maniacs. Yeah. And I like Natalie Merchant too. Yeah, I do too. I'll have to um, add some 
some of that to your your playlist that I have <laughs> when you and Darcy come over. Okay. Um, so I guess since we're talking about getting to know you better also, and we're talking about music, the last thing I'll bother you about is uh, sharing your experience um, of being a drummer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I just want you to tell the little story about me with all the, band. All the, the groupies. <laughs> yeah, you you keep this. This is um, needs to be G rated, Len. <laughs> no, it's all yeah, it's all G rated. You know that was um, that was a long time ago. I was I was probably in you know, high school, junior senior year, and then played a little bit after that. Um, had a number of personnel changes <laughs> over the years. See, there's always personnel issues. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, you know, we were just a bunch of young guys. You know how you know young people think they're musicians and they get together <laughs> and start playing, and you know, um, some of them succeed and some of them don't. But we played a number of. Uh, small venues, you know, around the area. We did some, a couple of battle of the bands, you know, where you get nice. four bucks. Yeah. Um, we used to go up to um, University of Washington and play some of the um, fraternities and sororities up there. <laughs> the memory is not so good anymore from all those days. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think it's very interesting and that people find that fascinating about you. I think anyone who has the, the ability to be a drummer is like on a whole other plane from the rest of the world because you have to have so much coordination and so many things going on. Um, and then you your brain is going at the same time in a whole different beat than everything else that's happening. And I just, I just it's something that impresses the crap out of me. So I just think it's a really neat thing. Well, I've been um, trying to re relearn the guitar. I used to play guitar a little bit, and I've been trying to relearn that. I think that's more difficult than, than playing the drum. Really? Yeah. Maybe. It's, I, it might be the, the dexterity, you know. Yeah, it probably has changed a teeny bit. Really. Yeah, in, in my age, yeah. Len, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I always love talking to you. I love hearing stories. I love hearing your perspective and your experiences. And it's just a gift to me to have this time carved out. So thank you. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. And I have no doubt that at least you're going to have every single employee at Merit very interested in this podcast. So oh, I'm excited to release it. <laughs> okay, well, send me a copy. I will do that. All right. Take care. Thank you.